0: Hey, everyone. I am super excited to announce a new online program, the Champion Sports Physical Therapy Mentorship. I've teamed up with Dan Pope and Dave Tilley to create this brand new 12-week mentorship program, and we're now opening it up to the very first cohort on June 10th. We hear all the time from people that they wish they had more mentoring and people they can learn from to help accelerate their careers. We're going to take you through all our foundations of sports physical therapy, including our clinical evaluation working with non-operative and post-operative patients, building return-to-sport programs, and even learning advanced-phase rehab and strength and conditioning principles for rehab professionals. In addition, we're going to have a bunch of case studies, a community, and live sessions to interact and ask us questions. We really can't wait. Check out the show notes to learn more and sign up today. The first cohort starts June 10th. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinold Show, we talk about scapular winging with a stiff shoulder. We talk about the life of an athletic trainer, and we talk about low back pain in the morning. The Ask Mike Reinold show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are here up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Um, I'm getting good at that, right? Yeah, like I, I, good I, intro. I feel like I say the exact same thing every time. We need to work on that. Uh, I'm here with Dave Tilley today. Uh, Dan Pope is on his way. He's actually working right now, so he's working on a, a client of his right now, but he'll be in probably in uh, a few seconds. And unfortunately, Lenny Macrina is out sick today. That little sickness. Yeah, we're getting you know, all that New England kind of fever head cold here thing. Dated, but <laughs> yeah. We'll see, we'll see. But yeah, so Lenny's out sick so we're going to miss him this we miss episode. You, Lenny. Yeah, we we miss you already. Uh, but we're here. We have two awesome students now. So you guys, you guys met Skid uh, in the past Skittles. now. We fi- we settled on a nickname. It took us a, it took us a little bit, but yeah. like Skid's working.
1: Skid was working, Skid is- but
0: Think the new one's better yeah let's keep it at skid though let's go <laughs> skid I think uh, skids the way to go but let's uh um, Skiddle, so, no. so we got Mike Skidudo, skid right oh. I mean makes sense Stan Pope shows up to work
1: mm.
0: welcome there why did Alexa just turn on did I just turn on everybody's Alexa Alexa oh. <laughs> turn <laughs> off the lights and see oh. if we turn oh. off everybody <laughs> see if we turn off everybody's I lights
2: name.
0: I, I don't even know what Alexa just <laughs> said but anyway Anyway, we have Mike Scaduto from Northeastern University. So, Scaduto, Skid. I mean, yeah. what, what on earth were we thinking in the yeah. past? I mean, that's, yeah, that was a pretty clear one to me. So, let me turn that down. Okay. Good. Awesome. And then we have Keisha Heck.
1: Did I say that it. right? Wow. Nailed it, right?
0: Wow. We, we have yet to figure out a good nickname for Keisha. We're working on it. Uh, but she's from Regis University. Is it university? It's a university. I don't know the difference between a university and a college. But we're here. Dan, come in, welcome to the show. Come into the camera view. Come into the camera Thank view. You. Come into the camera Guys, are So, a little bit. Sit right in front of Dave. But anyway, we got some awesome questions. Let's see. I don't know. His skid just started off. We don't have time. All right.
1: <laughs> First question. Tiffany from Alabama. I have a patient that is status post rotator cuff repair and MUA and has an excessive scapular winging with shoulder motion in really all directions. I've tried stabilizing the scapular during passive range of motion, stretching pecs because they are tight, and strengthening the rhomboids. Any other ideas slash suggestions for this patient? All
0: right, so we have a rotator cuff repair patient that had a manipulation under anesthesia. That's what MUA means, so manipulation, meaning they got tight. So not to get off track here, but that's why you don't wait eight weeks to start therapy, but that's a whole nother conversation to answer that question. All right, so we had a rotator cuff repair that had a manipulation and now they have scapular winging and they can't get the scap to stop. So, I mean, I'll just briefly comment before you guys jump in, but I mean, you, you can bang your head against the wall all day trying to do scapular exercises for winging. That winging is actually, I don't know if the word's good, but that's actually a compensation that the body's doing to try to increase elevation or arm movement, right? So, you know, you have scapulothoracic upward rotation, you have glenohumeral elevation, you put those two together and you lift your arm up. So, they don't have glenohumeral elevation, so their scap's winging. So the treatment isn't to focus on the scap, it's, it's to get the, the, the glenohumeral joint looser.
2: Yeah, I mean under, obviously it's a manipulation and anesthesia, like the capsules clearly indicated like did it didn't get all the motion back after surgeries, it's still a little stiff at end range, like I'd say maybe dialing on the capsule at different parts of end range and see if maybe that last little bit of motion's not there, like you said, to get yeah.
0: winging. Yeah, find that part of the capsule yeah, that's probably the tight in there. Yeah, I
2: agree. I just
3: assess it first, make sure that's actually the case, you know. Um, but yeah, you're probably just chasing after the wrong thing. Make sure that uh, you will work on the right thing and
2: probably right. have more success. Right. Capsule, soft tissue, clearly, like that person's had their arm by their side for how long now? probably, like when's the last time they really got even close to their full elevation? All uh, that soft tissue is probably pretty stiff from a couple months. Yeah so
0: and and a post operative stiff shoulder is not the weirdest thing in the world right so you know it's you know it's it's you know it's, it's probably joint and probably secondary soft tissue but it's probably the two like you said now it's probably both so you know don't just focus on one hit them both but again i guess i guess the synopsis is it's not the scap winging that's correct. the real issue that's the victim uh, correct yeah well said dave the victim not well the problem said. dave dave tilly in the house skid or oh, do we Brendan. want to go back and forth? Do you want to listen we'll keep we'll keep skid all episode for you guys. Keep coming
1: Show sure how to get Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. is so nervous right now.
1: <laughs> Brendan from Bloomington, Indiana. I'm currently a student at IU majoring in athletic training. I was hoping to eventually become an AT or PT for a professional baseball team. Given your experience, I'm just wondering would you rather work in a clinic as a PT slash AT than work as a PT slash AT for a professional team? How often were you home during the season? It seems like you would be gone all the time. Thank
0: you. Ah, so so, so, so <laughs> great question, right? So do you wanna be so if you wanna get into professional sports as a PTATC, do you wanna be the stay at home guy or do you wanna travel with the team? Um, I think you even questioning this tells me already that you probably want to stay home yeah. Um, but yeah, you know that. <laughs> that that being said I mean uh, being an athletic trainer for a professional team that travels uh, yeah it's a huge commitment right so you know in, in my experience I mean we're on the road all the time you work in 24-7 you know you're on the road I mean unfortunately I hate to say it but I, your family does kind of come second you know so if you're 28 or something and you don't you don't have a family then that's probably not a big deal but you know theoretically at some point you have to you know just just figure out where your values are and what your priorities are and and see what you do i know a ton of people that are doing it and making it work and have great family lives and, and and they're doing it but there's definitely a sacrifice you know you guys i mean i know you don't have specific experience but i mean I you think know. it kind of
2: speaks to the bigger question about like when you're approaching how do you become like a good therapist and balance out your whole kind of life. It's like it's always a trade-off. You can never have it all. So you got to think like, if I'm going to work more and go into my professional development, like, you know, I'm going to sacrifice, like you said, a little bit. If you want to spend more time with your newborn kid, you got to reinvent your job status and all that stuff kind of goes into it. So it's always taking a step back. I mean, I read a lot of the stuff down, like when you're kind of like, man, how do I spread my time thin? But I'm trying to figure out like where your priority is, not priorities, priority, right? Singular. I, mean, I
3: thought about that a lot, too. I mean, it's, there's a big draw working with a professional team and wanting to do that. Um, the other thing is it's pretty cool working with regular people, and I think it comes down to what you really enjoy. Um, when I started working, I was working with a lot of regular people and just really grew to enjoy that a lot. And uh, at this point, that's that's what I like. And uh, great if I work with some super high level athletes, that's phenomenal. But I've just really grown to enjoy working for the average Joe. So...
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, and uh, heck, we treat a ton of, of athletes here. You can treat a ton of athletes in your in your clinic, but you know, also, I mean, we we treat all of our clients like athletes, right? So all of our people want to get the most out of their bodies. So I mean, they, they are athletes. It's you know, they just it's just at a different level. So sure. you know, you can probably figure out just from mine. I mean, heck, ten years ago, I used to travel you know two weekends at least a month to teach seminars and speak at conferences and now I mean you've probably picked up on it I'm, I'm, I'm mostly online now right because I, I, I got so burnt out from travel that I you know I, I wanted to shift gear so um, yeah you're, you're starting to think the right questions um, I will share just one other piece of advice before we move on to the last question but i probably already shared this on the podcast, but one of the most impactful things anyone ever told me in my career so far. So Dr. Brian Biscone, UMass Medical, uh, great guy. He's uh, the minor league physician for the Red Sox. But when I interviewed for my job with the Red Sox, um, he kind of looked at me, and my interview was kind of weird, right? He, he kind of looked at me. He said, "He's like, what? Are, what are you doing? Like, why are you interviewing for this job?" And you know, was, I was—I don't know—you it was, you know, weird conversation. But he said this to me. He said, "When it's all said and done, the only people that are going to remember what you've done with your life and your career is your family." So he said that to me, and he said that on my interview. <laughs> to join the Red Sox yeah. so clearly I said screw it and, uh, <laughs> I know, but, uh, but I mean that really that really stuck with me and I've told that story countless times over my career it's very impactful statement in there and he's right I mean he's right he's definitely right I mean his family's the one that you know that does it I don't know what, what we're doing you know I mean you know Casey's not going to remember who I am in 10 years right? I'll remember <laughs> 20, 20 years. 20, yeah, 20 years. All right, skid.
1: Okay, Max from Melbourne. Melbourne. Do you have any well,
0: tips? Now, where do you think that Melbourne is? I was wondering about this. See, really? It just said Australia. Melbourne. That could be Florida. Whoa. Could be Australia. But like Melbourne. Iowa. Anyway, let's, what do we got?
1: Do you have any tips for treating clients who experience lower back pain in the mornings only?
0: All right, lower back pain in the mornings only. I get an easy answer sleep in.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? <Perfect. laughs> Uh, what do you guys got on that one Uh, so they have have low back pain only in the morning
2: yeah so there's obviously position of sleeping is a big one you know if someone's in a habit of maybe laying on their stomach and they have extension irritated back pain like that's clearly going to contribute to it um, I personally think a lot of times we feel the effects of the day before, the following morning. I found that very commonly with athletes who don't feel pain when they're doing things. Like, no, I feel great when I'm working out. And then like two or three hours, is a little sore. They go to bed. They wake up eight hours later. And I'm like, whoa, my back's super,
0: super yeah, cranky. So, they spent eight hours in the same position right. or sort so, of.
2: So I think that sometimes taking a step back and saying, okay, what would you do the day before? That was different. Was it volume, intensity, new exercises? Did you sit on a long car ride that you weren't aware of? So I look at them the day before. Yeah. I agree with you. One
3: of the things that I try to educate people on is that a lot of times people won't feel pain while they're doing an activity, but the next day. Mm. And, and when a big point right. is that um, once you're in pain, it's kind of hard to get out of pain, but it's a little bit easier to figure out what's giving you pain and giving you irritation and just avoid that stuff or modify that so the next day you generally feel better. Um, I would say you gotta evaluate the patient, figure out what makes them feel better. And then when they wake up in the morning, give them something that makes them feel better. I know for my patients, a lot of times walking feels better. Or extension-based
2: exercise feel better. Do your exercises first thing in the morning. Just do a few things and make it feel good. That's a great point. That's like a, a good Stu McGill point, too, is like the disc a little more inflated water as you first start to so feel stiffer in the first thing in the morning. So, gentle exercise in the morning. Some people just like get up and go about their day. Right. A little bit of exercise goes a long way in the morning. Yeah
0: yeah I like that and you know and I would actually I wonder too if you do like a little mobility before bed you know get up and get moving in the morning that type of thing I mean that that's that's probably related to it is but you got brought up good points about it's probably the ramifications from yesterday yeah. anyway it's not necessarily sleeping I mean who knows maybe they're sleeping on a cot I mean we don't know, we don't know. are it's they true. on a futon just Sleeping in a I, I still stick to my first answer just, <laughs> just sleeping <laughs> on a cot on a yacht <laughs> anyway thanks so much Skid nailed it Keisha, you ready next week? I'm ready. She's ready. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate it so much. Go to mikereinal.com, click on that podcast link, and ask us some awesome, awesome questions. I almost nailed it. Almost. Awesome <laughs> questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, rehab, fitness, business, Dave's personal life, anything you want to open talk about, we, we, will, we will nail it. And then please go to iTunes, rate and review this, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.